Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, our guest Spencer Smokey Payne is joining us. You might have heard of them before, but you've absolutely heard of Brotalian and the incredible work they're, they're doing with the Brotalian Blue Skies Foundation. Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the Gotcha Six podcast, brother. Thanks a lot, Tony. I'm, I'm pumped to be here, man. What I find particularly fascinating, and again, super stoked to have you, is now that you kind of completed your MBA from the University of Tennessee, you know, going through grad school, dipping your toe in the business world, how has your time in the military really helped you kind of set yourself up for success as you continue to go forward? It's kind of a multifaceted question, I guess. I mean, number one, what I do from the nonprofit and the for-profit side of the house wouldn't exist if I didn't serve, right? Because there's a direct tie and correlation to the Army aviation community. So, um, you know, had I not gone the route that I did, Brotalian and the Blue Skies Foundation would not be things from like a big picture. I think that probably the most valuable thing that I got out of the military is just working in small teams. That's something that I feel like I thrive in. I don't do well in the massive group of people. Um, you're talking like five to 10 folks. And when you're kind of starting a small business, that's typically like the team size you're looking at. We just had a couple people now we're at 10 and I feel very comfortable in that. And there's a lot of things that translate and then a lot of execution. Like I know what to expect from other military individuals having worked with them for, you know, eight or nine years. And so, you know, we try and pretty much bring on people that are either currently part of the community or have been there or are a male spouse or something like that when we're looking at kind of our graphic design side of the house because we all speak the same language. We all kind of have the accountability. People are direct. And I guess really it, it's it's a form of comfort, right? Like that's a culture that I've been in for a long time and I know what to expect from those individuals and they know what to expect from me. Um, and and it, it it's kind of who we are, right? So it enables us to be ourself. I talked about that a little bit when I was with the Hangar Z guys a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, one of the best parts about running your own business is like being able to be yourself. I don't have to pretend to be somebody else to match some other corporation's values or whatever. If I need to drop an F-bomb or whatever, like I can do that and I'd be like, oh God, did I piss off Jenny in the corner or whatever? You know, it's it's difficult. Like if you have to, if you have to think about what you can and can't say or make sure that you're doing the right, the right thing for whatever organization you're part of, I think that kind of detracts from the value that you're probably actually bringing to the table, right? So just being able to be yourself and not have to worry about what people think or whatever is is a huge relief. So yeah, man, I, that was kind of a rant, I guess. But yeah, we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the military. And then obviously the GI Bill, right? That's a, that's a huge asset that I don't think guys necessarily know they have access to. Not that they don't know, but they don't know what it's capable of doing for them. And I'm guilty of that myself. Um, you know, there's Sit reps to Steerco and the uh, veteran professional. I, I consume a lot of the veteran professional um, podcast. I think, I think his name is Matt. Uh, I don't know him personally, but 
he's doing really great work. Um, I wish that had been out like a year before I did all of my stuff. Um, not to say that, you know, I would have changed anything, but that information was lacking for the community. So they're doing a lot of really good stuff. And I, I, you know, I recognized that I had the GI bill. I was kind of sick of school. I did a relatively intense undergrad program and then flight school. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done with academics. And really I was, I was looking for like some executive or graduate level certificate type courses, maybe on leadership or something like that. Just a, a resume pattern type of deal. And I stumbled across this MBA program at UT that kind of piqued my interest because the industry specific is aerospace and defense, right? And so I'm like, okay, well, sweet. I mean, that's my bread and butter, right? So we had a lot of guys that were sponsored from like Lockheed Martin, American Airlines, those types of firms, which is really cool. There's, again, kind of going back to that level of comfort a little bit, like I speak that language, I fly that aircraft, I know a little bit about you know the, the nuances of that industry. So um, I was like, yeah, I'll... I'll do that program. That sounds cool. And that was really kind of it. And then I was in it and I'm learning all this other stuff, you know, all these guys going to business school or whatever. And, you know, Matt and the sit reps guys kind of preaching their stuff. And I was like, damn, I I wish I had known this before, but I'm glad that I landed in business school kind of doing that. With that said, I think another kind of misconception is that people think you have to go to B school to start a business not the case. Um, it, it really isn't, man. Um, I'll have to tell you, like I had a great time. Uh, I learned a good amount. It's interesting going back to school as an adult, as like a 30 year old man versus an 18 year old kid, right? Like I went to school undergrad because like I wanted to be a pilot. That's all I cared about. So yeah, like I studied and worked hard, but I wasn't really like excited to learn. It was just a means to an end versus going to class as an adult. It's like, man, I'm pumped to be here. Like I want to learn this shit. So that, that's kind of a, a cool experience. Got to meet a lot of great people. I have a couple of really good friends and we may be trying to start something on the side here as well. But to be honest, I didn't really learn a lot about starting a business, right? And that's also part of the program I did. It's an executive, so it's more higher level leadership type of deal. You're not necessarily getting much on the fundamentals of business. Obviously, you get into the financials and all that kind of stuff. But regardless, you know, you don't have to go to business school if you want to start a business. I think there's probably better opportunities out there or money well spent on different types of cohorts or, I mean, just free material at your fingertips too. I mean, podcasts like these, um, again, we kind of talked about the veteran professional and all that kind of stuff. They talk a lot on small business kind of acquisition through or entrepreneurship through acquisition. There's a lot of good information out there. And it's interesting because there's a generation that's retiring, right? If you want to use the boomer term or whatever, I don't, I guess I don't have a better term for that. So like, you know, my parents' age, our parents' age, like they're getting to that point where they're ready to retire. And a lot of those individuals are selling their businesses to do that. Right. And I think a lot of those people think relatively highly of individuals that have served. Right. I mean, there's been a 20 year war for the majority of our, of our lifespan and a lot of leadership to be gained there and stuff. And I think, you know, this is me speculating, but I would imagine that, you know, somebody like that probably feels pretty comfortable with uh, an individual coming in. Again, you're talking small companies, right? Like we're not taking over public corporations here. It's it's small teams. It's 15, 20 people. Like you're putting food on people's tables and making an impact in the community. So I think that's a really cool thing. That uh, was another concept that I wish I had known more about previously was uh, the ETA, entrepreneurship through acquisition. I just ranted for like 10 minutes, so I don't even know if you got what you needed from me there. 
we did because there's so many different entry points we can take uh, going forward with the conversation. You talked about two things I really want to highlight. One specifically is like, how do you figure out who Spencer is as you went through what was a series of transitions, right? Starting your own business with Pro Battalion, a nonprofit, going into, you know, B school. And then you also talked about, you know, a cohort. So how did you kind of recenter yourself and make sure you were in alignment in order to go forward for, through the next phase? So when I was in grad school, my, my initial plan was to use that to pivot and go into corporate America, right? And probably like a lot of folks our age that kind of do the active duty thing and transition, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do when I grew up. And I also didn't know what I was capable of doing. I really didn't. Like it's, it's very difficult sometimes to translate what we do in the military um, into the civilian world and what looks good on a resume. And, you know, does anybody even want me to come work for them? Like, what do I bring to the table type of deal? So that, that was something that I struggled with. And I was like, you know what, man, consulting. Everybody seemed to be do, doing well in consulting. I had a, a dude from the academy reach out and he was like, hey, man, I'm like, I'm at McKinsey. I love it. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, great. You know, sure. That sounds great. So I got another classmate that was at Deloitte. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, you can make good money and I'll get exposure to lots of different industry. And then I can figure out which one of those interests me and then maybe pivot down the road. So that was the plan. Um, I had some interviews lined up at a few different firms and, you know, who's to say if I even would have gotten a job or not. But I, uh, again, shout out to to the veteran professional. He was reading Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's uh, memoir or autobiography about Nike and recommended it on Instagram. I was like, that sounds interesting. I do a four and a half hour drive for uh, my guard duty and flight facilities is out in West Tennessee once a month. So it's great time to consume uh, media. So downloaded an Audible, cranked through it, and it was just like one thing after the another that I felt parallels with in my life and with my organization. And I was like, interesting. And this is towards the end of school too. And so I kind of had a epiphany and I was like, you know, when we started Brotalian, it was kind of just a joke. And then it kind of evolved into like, hey, there's a need here. Like army aviation, the culture is lacking compared to what I'm seeing in my friends in like Navy and the Air Force and other stuff. And we started sort of the social media and people sharing cool shit and what they're doing. And then we recognize the gap with the apparel and it, it's grown a lot. But when we first started, it was for shits and gigs. We didn't really start taking it seriously until like 2019, 2020. And then 2021, and last year when I was in grad school, I had a lot more free time to really dive into it. And so did Breck as he transitioned as well. And we're like, wow, like direct correlation to business growth and scaling when we have more fucking time to put into it. And so it was kind of like, if I don't do this now, it'll always just be a side hustle. And that's fine. Like, it's cool. We're making an impact. And I, I think we're doing good work. I think people like what we're doing. But that's all it'll ever be. Or I could go fucking all in on it and see what happens. And, you know, if it if it doesn't work out or if it's not scalable to where we need it to be, then it can go back to being a side hustle and I can go to work for somebody else. But this was probably the only opportunity in my life that I had the chance. There was nothing holding us back. My wife and I don't have kids. We're both very nomadic. The military kind of shaped you that way anyways. And she loves to go all over the place, all over the world, whatever. So it also gives us the flexibility to be able to do that. So that was it. I, I kind of talked to her and she was like, why don't you do it? Fuck it. You know, we can sell our house and we can bounce around with family and stuff too. If we really need to like, you know, save on money or whatever. And so that is what we are doing. So that book to date has really changed my life because it's, uh, <laughs> it's a unique beast doing this. It's a roller coaster, right? Like 
we talked about being able to be myself and working with people that I love and all that kind of stuff. And that is the best. Um, but you know, there's lows and stuff too. I mean, that guaranteed income and flight pay and all that stuff that I was used to having for so long. And that is not a thing anymore. I mean, neither is that BAH from grad school either. So you have big wins and big losses every day. And it's just like trying to keep your head above water, but we have been consistently hitting all the goals we need to so far this year, which is exciting. So I, I think, you know, I hopefully, hopefully the ship keeps moving in the right direction. A lot of what Brett and I are doing now is we kind of are building the airplane as we fly, so to speak. And so going back, we talked a little bit before jumping in the call, like the one page business plan, some of Bill's tools and stuff that we've been implementing to like insert a foundation. Shout out to the Lions Pride. You know, we don't really have a foundation. So kind of backstepping and building that while we're still trying to scale so that we can, you know, scale appropriately and it doesn't become a house of cards and completely kind of collapse there uh, towards the end of the year or maybe early next year. So yeah, it's been fun, man. And to segue, I guess, into TLP a little bit, that was something that I noticed. I'm not a huge strategic guy or I'm not, I'm not necessarily like a big idea guy, I guess. You know, some people thrive on that. It's just fucking idea fairies, right? They got all sorts of stuff going left and right. I just like to go out and do shit. Um, I get great satisfaction of checking something off a list or whatever. And so I, I kind of realized that I was like, I have all this free time now. Like, this is my fucking job. Um, but outside of working in my business, which is easy to do, I didn't know what I needed to be working on my business. And so Mike Stedman came and gave a speech at a, a class that I was in. And I was doing like the NYU Vet Eye program. And, um, he was kind of talking about wanting to find a business coach or whatever. And uh, again, a lot of like things started lining up with how I felt in the situation that I was in. And a couple weeks previously, my wife was like, you need to get a business coach. She's like my own business coach in some sort of way. She's always like, I need to start charging you for this shit, man. Like I'm always pointing you in the right direction. So I, uh, I DM'd Mike on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, really appreciate your time, what you shared tonight. This is how I'm feeling, whatever. Like who did you talk to? And like, who is this guy? What is this program you're in or whatever? And he just sent me the link and I looked at the website and a couple of days later I was talking to Bill and I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. Um, so here we are, I'm like in month three in it and it's been really good. It's given me structure. It's given me like a checklist, which obviously aviators thrive on, right? We use a checklist all the fucking time. And it's like, do this, do this, do this. And then when I have questions, I have super smart people to talk to. I mean, I don't know what else you could ask for. Um, Mike Nemeth has been great. He's a fellow West Point dude. He might have been around your time too. I'm not sure. You're just you're just listing all of the previous episodes of the Gotcha Fix <laughs> podcast, which I absolutely <laughs> love. You know, you being a sixer and all that's yeah. great. Like as you talked, right? Like working in and outside of the business, where do you find the biggest challenge right now as you look to take all of this to the next step? The biggest challenge is uh, is our team because I've got a bunch of really great people but they all have other jobs. And so it's tough because, you know, I'm the only one that's doing this like a nine to five, so to speak or whatever. Obviously the hours vary, uh, <laughs> but like I got a dude in the field right now who does all of our podcast media and everything. And like, he's got his laptop in a tent trying to edit our last episode with Rob Purdy. Brittany just got back from a Europe rotation and she's trying to enjoy like some block leave and not have to deal with army work, but I'm giving her work, you know, shit like that, different time zones. It's difficult for us to hold like a weekly or a monthly sync because I got guys in different time zones and, you know, I don't want one dude at six o'clock on a Friday 
and it's three o'clock on a Friday for this guy. He's like, well, I can't get off work. And the other guy's like missing family time. It's a very unique challenge that I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do it. And obviously Slack and email is kind of what we use now, but it's, it's tough not having everybody on the same schedule fully dedicated. Um, and I don't have the ability to pay them what they would need anyways, which is, is frustrating too. Like, I wish I could just be like, can you guys just all get out? Here's like 75 grand and some benefits and shit. And like, let's do this. But that's not where we're at. Um, and that's one of my dreams is to be able to like, hey, when you're done, we've got a place for you. I've got stability for you, an organization that you're hopefully passionate about, you know, kind of deal. And that's sort of a three to five year goal plan um, that Brett and I share. But yeah, that's for sure is, is the the dynamic of the team with, you know, everybody having primary jobs and being all over the world um, and just the military in general, right? Like it's not a predictable schedule. Um, who knows when you're spooling up and going somewhere, whether it's a CTC or like to another fucking country. So it's challenging for sure, but everybody handles it great. And, uh, you know, I couldn't ask for better people to be around. So. And I think that was part of that gate that you and Brett went through back in 2020, 2019, where you did decide to take it seriously because you, it's not like, Hey, we're just posting a post. You need to have some sort of strategic vision and being able to apply tactical patience throughout this process. Like you said, it's a three to five year goal now of getting everybody out of the army and stability. And, you know, you want to do everything right now. Like, especially we know that very well, whether on the ground or in the air, you want to execute right away, especially given your personality as an executor. How do you check yourself and focus on the long vision as opposed to like getting just crushed by your to-do list of everything you want to get done today and kind of giving yourself grace along the way? That's probably the dichotomy of the team. I don't have the ability to think like that because it's not possible right now. <laughs> so the same challenges that they bring kind of pace us out and and make it easier to think strategically because there's no real other way to think. If we're not just kind of chipping away at small, quarterly, tangible goals that can get us to where we want to be, then, then we're not doing anything. Like I, I can't Hey, everybody come in the room right now. We're whiteboarding. Like, I want this fucking, you know, elite aviator program put together and like, let's launch it next quarter. Like, that's not possible. So there's no sense in getting spooled up about it because it, it's not anything that I can control currently. Um, so I guess that it, it takes care of itself, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's great because like you said, it forces you to say no a lot more than you say yes. Yep. Which then helps you stay intentional. You and the team stay intentional on where you want to go strategically. Correct. So as we kind of go back, right, like where everything is now, blue skies, Brotalian, getting here uh, had to be a challenge. Where along the way has failure ultimately led to you learn the, the lesson that you constantly revisit day in and day out? I mean, failure is a unique thing because there's so many people that talk about how much you have to fail. Like I failed a thousand times before I was a millionaire or, or whatever. I mean, you hear about any, you look, listen to Chip Wilson from Lululemon or, I mean, we were just talking about Shoe Dog, right? Like how many times did Phil Knight and them struggle before Nike became what it is that you and I know today, right? Like hundreds and hundreds of times. Failure has been something that, to be quite honest with you, is like something that I'm terrified of. I've been that way my whole life. It's, I think, a I'm a nature of how I was raised and it was, everything was to a very high standard and, oh, you get a 98, what happened to the other two points kind of deal. So like in some ways I'm very cautious, but in other ways I feel like I'm, <laughs> I joke about this sometimes, like I feel like I'm just dumb enough not to realize the severity of some sort of situation. So I'm like, fuck it, man. Yeah, let's do it. And then you get through it or whatever. And it's like, 
damn, that was actually pretty wild if you think about it. But like, you know, here we are on the other side. So I think it's kind of a combination of, I'm not risk adverse, but I am very, I just don't want to fucking lose, man. Um, and fortunately, I mean, if you, if you really want to trace it back, the biggest loss that I had is what got me into Army aviation and how I am here today. My whole plan was to go into naval aviation. Um, saw Top Gun as a kid, went on the old aircraft carrier in Charleston, South Carolina as a kid, thought that was super cool. You're in the Navy while you're at Kings Point. So that was like the natural progression. And I'm kind of an avid procrastinator and the selection test battery or whatever for naval aviation. Um, I waited to take it the very last opportunity that it was hosted my senior year. Um, and you can take it three times, I think. It may, it may have changed now. It, it doesn't really matter. But I could only take it once because I procrastinated. And then to kind of add on top of that, I did not study for it because it's math and science and some aviation stuff. And uh, I was an engineering major and I was like, math and science is what I do. This should be no problem. And I, I failed it. I didn't even pass. And I was like, fuck. I want to fly. <laughs> it ain't going to be in the Navy, Coast Guard, and Marine Corps. So, and I don't want to go in the Air Force. So the Army was all that was left. And so I was like, all right, study for that one. And everything worked itself out. But that's how I got into the, you know, and as an Army pilot is I failed at something, right? So that's probably the biggest failure that I can think of um, that has really shaped my life. Because, you know, had I gone the Navy route or whatever, who knows what would have happened. I mean, battalion wouldn't be a thing. The foundation, my wife, my buddies that I've met you know, while we were out in JBLM and everywhere else. So it's crazy. You think about like one small thing and the trickle down effect that it can have. It's, it's pretty crazy. Again, I don't know if that answers your question, but that is a significant failure that I can think of and something that I was very upset about at the time that has now turned out to be a blessing, right? So I've kind of tried to start shaping my mindset of like, shit happens for a reason. And so while it's difficult to maybe digest at the time, you just kind of have to have a little bit of faith, like, hey, down the road, this is going to pay off or this was meant to be. And I may not know for a couple of months, a couple of years, a couple of decades, but like, I'm just going to believe that whatever's happening is happening for a reason. I think that shows too, whether you see it or not, that momentum that's built from like the shit happens mentality and being able to go in all in yourself. It takes a very special person in a mindset and a supporting cast around that individual to be able to say, you know what, we're going all in on this thing, which is for you, Brotalian. Yeah. And then being able to do what you do because of that. Like you said, you are risk averse, but you're scared more of losing than anything else. I mean, yeah, when you talk support system, my wife is awesome. I mean, really, there's no pressure really anywhere. It's all, it's all like, yeah, if that's what you want to do, let's do it kind of deal, which is, I think, a unique situation to be in, something I'm very blessed to be in because I, I know other folks that they might've brought up the crazy idea of like, hey, let me pursue this business full time and may have to move in with family for a year or so. And what the fuck are you talking about, man? Go to work, go get a real job, you know? So I, I don't have that problem, which is, uh, which is really great. And so as we kind of wrap up, Spencer, we, we talked a lot about, you know, being risk averse, but also the failure of you losing. And then just kind of your mindset as you continue to reach these different gates, what that looks like for strategic vision. But I want to kind of end with today. So Spencer, how are you better today than yesterday? Damn, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> I think if if anything, this sort of roller coaster of the last four or five months has taught me patience, which is not something that I've had in my past. I've been known to be really short fused a lot of the time. 
And so like kind of what I was talking about going back to the, you know, things happen for a reason type of deal. Like I can get spooled up and I can get super pissed if the bottom line isn't what it needs to be at the end of the month or whatever, but like, that's not going to fucking do anything because the, revenue is a, a lagging metric, right? Like it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and so just learning to be patient and know that like, Hey, we're doing the right things and eventually stuff is going to start clicking. It's going to be more of an exponential type of deal. It's not just like systematically, we're just climbing this linear line here. So yeah, patience, man. It's in all aspects of my life too, not just from a business standpoint too, is trying to get better. I still have plenty of issues with that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm certainly uh, slightly more level-headed and perhaps 1% more patient than I was yesterday. (laughs) How are you 1% more patient today? Uh, Well, I can tell you this morning, you know, we finished up our, our April financials and stuff. And from a top line, I was like, sweet, we're overachieving. Everything's good to go. And then from a bottom line standpoint, it's not where it needed to be. And if that had happened a couple months ago, I probably would have just been like, fuck this dude. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Is this even worth it? Did I make a terrible mistake? And today I was like, you know what, man, I'm not really tracking the bottom line right now. I'm trying to grow the top line and we're overachieving. So I have to keep the faith. And if I look at the bottom line for the year compared to where it was last year, it is uh, significantly improved. Um, and that's a win and of itself. Achieving that 1% better today through gratitude. Absolutely love it. Spencer, where can people go to connect with you? Um, I'm on all the social media stuff, man. Um, Instagram is my big one. And then I'm on LinkedIn. If, you know, from a more professional standpoint, folks want to, I don't know, I'm really passionate about the, uh, the veteran transition space kind of deal. Um, if individuals are just thinking about getting out and they want to talk about options or whatever, I'm happy to share my experience and, you know, maybe somebody could learn something from that, or I, I can point them in some, right. There's a lot of really good programs out there. I mean, there's a lot of free stuff too. You're talking like DOD skill bridge, CSP, again, things that aren't really advertised when you're active duty and even going through SFL tap or whatever the hell that transition program is that they make you do. So I'd love if, if people want to reach out, I'm happy to talk about it and guys that want to fly too. Um, that's something that we're passionate about too, is sort of mentorship, um, and shaping the future of aviation, right? Like at some point we're all going to stop flying um, and a new generation has to come in and, and wiggle the sticks, right? So I'd love to talk to individuals. I talked to a kid last week who's finishing up at UT right now and he actually is going the warrant officer route, street to seat. And I was like, dude, fuck yeah, man. Number one, how'd you know about it? Because I didn't know what a warrant officer was until I got the fucking Bullock. <laughs> I was like, shit, I should have done that. Um, so it's cool, man. I'm I'm happy. And Brett's the same way. He runs the uh, Brotalian Instagram page. So he gets a ton of fucking DMs. So if you reach out, just give him a chance. But he really does answer everything. And any of us would be happy to talk to folks. Maybe you're an enlisted dude and you want to drop a walks packet. Maybe you want a branch transfer. Maybe you're 16 years old and you're interested in flying. Like anything that uh, involves wanting to go fly in some form or fashion, I'd be happy to talk about I'm also happy to talk about the service academy route. King's Point's kind of like the redheaded stepchild. It's very unique, provides a lot of opportunities too that a lot of folks may not know about. So happy to talk that route too. Yeah, man, I, I feel very blessed to be where I am today. I've I've had a lot of things that just like right place, right time. And I've again, we go back to execution. I've just sort of taken advantage of them. You know, I work hard too, but I just, I feel like certain people have been placed in my life that have afforded me opportunities. So I am passionate about 
uh, you know, providing those opportunities for other people, whether it's a phone call or a text message or whatever. So Instagram, I believe is smoky underscore pain. And then my LinkedIn is uh, Spencer pain. I have a Facebook it's under a fake name and I don't really use Facebook anyways. So you're, you're better off reaching out to me. Those two <laughs> on those two platforms. Awesome. Spencer, we will make sure your Instagram, your LinkedIn, and then also like DOD skill bridge and stuff is are linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your methods, your ideas, and your strategies for the privilege of your time. And of course, thanks for having our six. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure coming on and, you know, hopefully there's a little bit of value and ramble on too much for your, for your listeners. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Got Your Six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members. <laughs>